This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you know you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, unlike the Owls, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So there's only one thing left to say. What's everybody having? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means you'll get some tasty rewards later on. And between you and me, if you order just before kickoff, you can get it just in time for half time. But I've not told you that. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. See you later. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. The Wednesday Week is sponsored by Bentoria.com. That's B-E-N-T-O-R-I-A.com. <laughs> And welcome to the Wednesday week, the Sheffield Wednesday podcast. I'm James. I'm looking after the hot seat this week for Lord Hillsborough, uh, who I believe is he's still out in Southend celebrating something or other that happened last night. Uh, on the panel this week, we have Victoria. Good evening. Good evening, James. You're OK? I'm very well. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. Uh, we have a slightly depleted team this week. We have no Fudge, we have no Eddie either, but I'm pleased to say that we do have a guest panellist this week. Uh, and it's a pleasure to welcome back to the Wednesday week, Joe Cran. Evening. Evening. Uh, of course, anyone that doesn't know, Joe, you are Sheffield born and bred, but you work out in South Africa as a journalist um, yeah. now. Uh, but you were back in Sheffield for uh, for a few weeks. You've seen a bit of the owls, and um, we'll we'll have a chat about that in um, in just a moment. Um, first of all, though, this evening, and and it's not very often that we start this. Um, relatively silly podcast with something serious but it has been a bit of a sad day for the Wednesday family with the passing of Chris Travis. Uh, Chris who was a professional wrestler, he was a Wednesday fan, uh, a charity fundraiser, charity patron as well and fair to say general all-round good guy. Uh, Chris lost his battle against cancer earlier on today at the age of just 32. Uh, We'll be talking more about Chris later on but we wanted to start by dedicating this week's episode of the Wednesday week to Chris. He was a friend of the podcast and fair to say his death has certainly hit us all. Rest in peace. 
Now, on to some footballing matters. Um, and of course, it's been an international break, which means no championship. Uh, we haven't had a game since the win over Charlton, which feels like an age ago, doesn't it? Seems like such a long time ago. Um, and Joe, that was one of the games that you caught in your, should we call it like a mini UK adventure? Yeah, I think we can call it that. It's a little bit um, a little bit more mini than I'd hoped, but I mean, what can you do? <laughs> so it was, was it four games altogether that you saw? Yeah, two at home, two away. Um, yeah, so I think I saw six goals and we got th- three clean sheets in four games. So it wasn't too, uh, wasn't too shabby. Not a bad trip, that is it? <laughs> no, not, not too bad at all. Other than, I mean, losing to Warnock at home, that that wasn't particularly pleasant, now was it? And was that was that the first game that you saw of your? That of was your the trip? day that I arrived back. I literally wow. landed in London, drove from London to Sheffield, dropped my stuff off, and went to Hillsborough. And that was that was what I saw, which, from what I can gather from the people I spoke to, was possibly one of our worst performances of the season. <laughs> you must have been tempted to get back on the plane and just go home after that. Well, I did. I did say that if we lost to Brighton, that I was I wasn't going to go. <laughs> I, I decided that I said to my well, I, I say I say to my dad. My dad said to me, he said, "Look, if if things don't go well against Brighton, I'm sorry, but um, yeah, you're not going to any more games. I'm I'm taking you to- <laughs> a bad omen. <laughs> yeah, pretty much." Take him to the lane. So your, yeah, fir- your yeah. first your first two games then, you saw 1-0 defeat against Rotherham and then yeah. goalless draw at, at Brighton. So free-scoring Sheffield Wednesday, who um, I don't think we've gone two games all season without scoring. Your first first two games, you don't see a goal. I, I was worried, I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit worried because, I mean, well, t- to be fair, it started before, didn't it, when Forestieri got sent off. I'm watching that game on TV because that was on... Um, I managed to see that one on... on TV, yeah, the whole game. Oh, yeah, the whole one, yeah. Yeah, and then um, he got sent off, and I sent I sent a message to my dad saying, can't believe this. Like, the the player that I've, probably him and Bannon, the two that I've wanted to see the most from over here, one of them misses the first two games, and one of them misses the last two. So, <laughs> sorry, misses the last one. I mean, it was, uh, yeah, it wasn't ideal on that front, but, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a good trip. I, I will say as well, after the Rotherham game, I saw Barry Bannon, uh, Barry Bannon after the game, um, I popped down and because he used to play with uh, with KG, one of the South African boys, they played together at Palace. Um, and he, he he said to me, um, "Oh, you're that guy who does the stats, aren't you?" So, which was quite nice, like quite nice to know he recognised me. And I said, "Yeah, I just came back for a couple of games." I said, "It's my first game back," and he just said to me, "Yeah, don't bother coming again." It's <laughs> <laughs> nothing like feeling welcome. No, so it was nice. Charming. Charming. <laughs> Um, so then your your second two games, um, total contrast, 3-0 win at Forest and then 3-0 win at home to Charlton. Um, couldn't have been much different. You know, that is kind of what we've been seeing all season. I mean, Forest was obviously particularly good. Um, and, you know, second half against Charlton was pretty good as, as well. That was what you were hoping to see. Yeah, I've got a very a very handsome man by the name of James to, to thank for the uh, <laughs> to Nottingham. Oh, um, God. <laughs> I went. I went through. I went through with with my old man, which was which was really nice. And to be honest, I didn't think Forest were a particularly good side. Um, I mean, my my uncle's a, a a Forest fan, and he said to me before the game on the way up when we drove through, he said it's the worst Forest team he's ever seen. Um, which I think is obviously a bad omen for them. But I, I, for for me, some of the football we play and the the possession the possession football we play is is superb. I mean, I I'd probably go as far as saying. This is the best Wednesday team that I've ever watched in like my cognitive memory. I mean, I know we were good in the 
early nineties, but I wasn't Spurs wasn't old enough to really take it on board. Uh, in terms of the football we're playing now, it, it really is a joy to watch. I mean, when when we turn it on, it's a they're a, they're a different class team. It really is the the best Wednesday team I've I, I can remember watching, to be honest. I'd agree with that, and like sometimes I sound I almost feel like I'm being too optimistic when I say that because I feel like I probably say it every year, but it genuinely is the best team I can remember. And I think we're a similar age. I I don't really remember the early nineties that well. Um, yeah. And obviously, I see the promotion season as one of the glory years, but this really is, at the moment, this is the best we've been. It really, really is. It's great I mean, I to th- watch. I think if you look at that promotion season, um, and, and like you say, I mean, that was that was fantastic. I, mean, I, I had a season ticket that year, and, and watching them all year and then going through to Cardiff and watching them, I mean, that, that for, honestly, that's one of the best days of my life. Like Cardiff, for that, that playoff final, was absolutely different class for me but I mean if you look at the quality on show there compared to what we've got now yeah. I mean it's chalk and cheese I mean we had a we had a good side there we had a good side who really wanted to play for the shirt with the Lee Bullens and the Steve McLeans and people like that um, with a little bit of talent in there with, with a few of the guys but now we seem to have got that, that mix where yes we have got players who want to fight for the shirt the guys who are proud to be playing for Wednesday but they're also very good at football which is uh, it's, it's nice to see it's nice to have that kind of mix now and it's nice that it's not a novelty either, I think. I think yeah, we've now exactly. got to the point that it's this is how we are. This is how good we are. Um, I think we've all been cautious about saying it for the last few months because we've all felt a bit like it could go at any minute. Um, yeah. But it, it hasn't. You know, it's still going. You know, we've had the odd scrappy patch and, you know, the Rotherham game wasn't much to shout about. But we really are good at the moment. Yeah, I, I think, I, like I say, I... I just really enjoyed coming back and actually watching a Wednesday team that can play. And I said to my dad when we when we went to the Forest game when we when we came in a, in a when it was one nil. I said to him because I'm so used to his like I'd been to obviously Rotherham and then I'd been to Brighton, which were two tough games. And I'm so used to us making life difficult for ourselves. Like all the t- all the years I've been going, one nil was never enough. Like you never really were comfortable at one nil. And and now. I said to my dad, just that a reflex. I was kind of like, "Yeah, um, I'm worried. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna. I don't think we're gonna get, get something here." And then when we were stuck two past them and three past them, it's just it's a really nice change for someone who's who doesn't get to watch them much to see them win a game so easily was was really refreshing for me. I think it's it's exactly the same for. I mean, I go obviously every week. I've been to just about every away game this season. I'm exactly the same. We go one nil up, and it's a reflex as a Wednesday fan. You just go, "Oh, we'll mess it up. We'll throw this away." <laughs> You know, it's difficult to get used to the fact that we can kind of go ahead, or even if we go behind, and you still think we can go on and win it. Like I remember you know, when we were down at Birmingham and we went one behind, and you know, once upon a time that would have been the start of a total utter capitulation. Um, yeah. And you know, we can come back and we can. Um, Ooh, we can that's a long world. <laughs> I've been practicing it, you know. <laughs> Right then, shall we have a chat about some of the um, the Wednesday news that's knocking around this week? And there's not a massive amount, but there's a few things to talk about. And uh, first thing is, it is end of the month, which means player of the month. And uh, I think it's the first time this season that uh, that he's won it. But Tom Lees has won our player of the month vote. It's been Quite a good month for him, hasn't it? It's good to have him back. Definitely, definitely. I mean, he's a, for, for me, he's a, he makes a massive difference to that defence. I think we, we've we've got some decent centre-backs now, but I, I just think that having him there, it seems to settle whoever he's next to. I think you can put 
any of our other centre backs there, whether it's uh, Sasso, whether it's Leuven's, I just think whoever is there, if if Tom Lees is next to him, there seems to be a bit of air and a bit a bit of an air of calmness about him. I mean, one thing I've noticed, I suppose, for the whole back four as well, but especially with Tom Lees, is um, their ability to to not panic. I don't remember seeing a Wednesday team that plays out the back like we do. Um, this current team that we have now, I don't remember seeing a team as, as calm on the ball. And I think that having Tom Lees there and obviously Kieran Westwood behind him, I think he he instills that in the in the team. He, he gives them that that sort of calmness. He does, and I think as as much as I don't want to put a negative on things, we've needed that with Leuven's at the moment. I think Leuven's has he really has gone off the boil in the last few weeks, and to have Lees back has really brought us back down to where we should be. Um, I think we've been so shaky without him that it's nice to have him back in the side. Um, I'm just gutted that Mudu Sugu didn't win because I voted for him. So <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. great... he had such a great um, impact, didn't he? Through the he uh, did well. He was on the, the list, so I was going to vote for whoever I wanted of, of March. Now, of course, we've also got this uh, this irony that we seem to have every month as well, whereby the um, is it the FA's separate vote for Championship Player of the Month. Um, where one of their nominees, who's now made it through to the final three, is Fernando Forestieri, um, who didn't even get in the top three for our, our own vote for Player of the Month, but is in the final three for Championship Player of the Month. Um, I think people have fallen out with him a bit, haven't they? Obviously, for the couple of mistakes that he's made and things that have gone against him and whatever else. So I can understand from that side of things that maybe he wasn't going to get into our vote. But if he was up there for the championship vote, for the league vote, then, yeah, of course we're going to vote for him. Do you think we um, take him for granted a little? Because, granted, he's, I mean, he's only played two games in, in March, which were the Forest game and the Charlton game. Um, obviously, we won both, and we won both quite handsomely, and he played a fairly big role in um, in creating and scoring goals in, in, in both games. Is it now a given that we expect him to do that? And, and so that we, uh, we, you know, we barely even notice it now. I think it is a given that we expect him to do that. But at the same time, I think he lets the side down when he's not there. If you know what I mean? I think we need him. Um, yeah, just by his that, yeah, I think the times that we've not had him has screwed us over, to be honest. Um and yes, it wasn't his fault, you know, the first, ta- the second time or whatever it was. Um, but, you know, it, that has let us down a lot. So in a way, yes, he is our best player by an absolute mile. Don't get me wrong. Like I said last week, I've not seen a better player in a Wednesday shirt that I can remember properly. I really, really haven't. But at the same time, when we don't have him, we're not the team that we want to be. And so he's got to take that as well as a bit of a sign of, yes, it's respect. We all respect him and we all understand that without him, we're nothing um, or we're nowhere near as good as we should be. But at the same time, he can't go making stupid mistakes and losing out for us. I, I don't know with regards to the vote. I mean, it's a bit of a weird one for me because personally, I, I don't understand how he can be up there for the top three if he's only played two games. You know what I mean? Like, it seems a little bit strange. Like, whether he's taken for granted or not, I think... I think Vic spot on. I think he is he is a player that we really do miss when he's not there. I think the the creativity the creativity that he brings to the team and the the his work ethic is is incredible. For, I think a lot of people think he's a bit of a glamour player and that he's only there up top. But I mean the 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 shift that he puts in on a gamely basis is incredible. I just think it's I, I do think it's weird that um, that a player who's played two games in in a month can can be up there for, for player of the month. I think maybe that's a reflection on the, on the Wednesday fans. Maybe we're a little bit smarter than people give us credit for. <laughs> it, 
Does well, it go on points, that? Does it go like fantasy football points? So the amount of assists he gets or whatever else means that so. is in that. I've got no idea what it's what it's worked out on. I mean, they, they come up with a short list of, I think it's about 12 to start with, and then they whittle it down to a final three. Is it by votes? And yeah, it's by by vote as to who gets from the twelve to the to the three. And to be from, fair, from ev- yeah. every time a Wednesday player has been in the twelve, they've ultimately gone on and won. And I suspect well, I that, that Forestieri will the, go on and win. Is it just our fans then? Is that all it is? It's just a popularity vote then, isn't it? It is, it is out of the twelve that get nominated. It just seems a bit strange, yeah. as you say. I mean, I think I think the whole match might have been in March, so I might be doing him a disservice. It might have been three games altogether that he played, but obviously one of those he did get sent off in. So we maybe kind of write that one off, not as his finest <laughs> hour. So uh, it's on the basis of his performances against Forest and Charlton, which, granted, were both both were you know great performances. Um, and I'm sure we'll be sat here next week talking about how amazing it is that he's gone on and, and won the uh, the Player of the Month. <laughs> Award, and I still can't get my head around the fact that it's Player of the Month and not Man of the Month. I still don't like that. Oh, stop moaning! It just sounds wrong. Man of the match, <laughs> Player of the Player Month. Player of the Month. Why? It seems odd. Anyway, <laughs> let's uh, let's move on. And uh, the other thing that's been making some big headlines this week, everyone been Woo-hoo! talking about this, has been uh, young George Hurst, who I think is probably the what is he seventeen years old? Probably the seventeen year old that we've talked about most on this podcast. Because uh, this is about the third or fourth time that we've uh, that we've talked about him. But great news, he's now signed his first professional contract with Sheffield Wednesday, um, and this has had a great reaction on social media, hasn't it? A lot of people really excited about this lad. Number nine, David Hurst, up front again. Whether it's in five years or ten years, I cannot wait. That would be amazing, and that would give people like me and Joe the chance to see it for real all over again. Yeah. Um, I- I actually have memories, real memories of it. Yeah, yeah. And I think, and that photo, did you see the photo of him and his dad? Like him and obviously David Hurst. And then they showed a photo of David Hurst and his dad, Eric Hurst, and Howard Wilkinson yeah, when he amazing. first signed. And it was just classic. The only thing that was missing from the photo of David and George was to have Carlos in the middle to make it just like a proper... Yeah, you, know, you see these photos when kids are like babies and then they do it again when they're in the 30s and 40s. I think that would have just made it like absolutely perfect, but... You know, Carlos is a busy man. He's probably in Portugal. Um, but yeah, absolutely so chuffed for him and so chuffed for us as a fan base and as a club that this could potentially be another big thing. I think it's I think it's great from a from a I suppose from a personal perspective as a as a fan and as a, a I suppose as yeah as just a supporter of the club having grown up watching David Hurst and now seeing George there. But I also think with my sort of journalistic head on, um I think it's a really good move by the club as well because he was making a little bit of a name for himself and he um, he was really making waves, obviously playing for England and scoring for England. And it's nice now that he's signed a pro contract so that if someone does want to come sniffing, that Wednesday can actually get something from it now. It's not just a case of someone he can be sort of tempted away. Like there's, there's, There has to be genuine money involved now. Like it's got to be a... Because he's got a pro contract with the club, it, I think it changes things a little bit. Um, I, was, I was checking and it's... Almost, almost uh, exactly twenty years to the day since David Hurst scored. He scored his second. So he scored the second against Aston Villa in March, ninety March. Yeah, March, March ninety six. And obviously, twenty years on, his son's signed his first pro contract with the club. I think it's a, it's a brilliant story. I think it's as a dad though. That's got to be the dream, hasn't it? That yeah. has got to be the ultimate dream for Hurst. That's got to be amazing. I bet it's absolutely made up. 
Well, those those photos that have been in all the papers and um, all over the Wednesday website, I mean, have you ever seen a dad look so proud as David Hurst? I've never seen him smiling so much in his whole, whole life. He looks like he's going to explode. He's so happy. You would, though, yeah. wouldn't you? Even if, like, if it was one of us guys and our son went on to play for Wednesday, we would be bursting with pride. But knowing the career that you've had out of it and what it meant to you and what you achieved from it and what your life is like even now because of that to think that your son's going to have that as well or potentially have that has got to be just incredible do you think we've got to uh to snatch the number nine shirt off atty now just so that it's ready for george no for you, you can do it no i'm not taking it off. <laughs> i wouldn't i wouldn't try and snatch it off him oh that, my god that would be a fight wouldn't it, it really be like would. trying to take a piece of bacon off a rottweiler wouldn't it no Be- speaking of uh speaking of atty by the way um I know you uh, like stats and that. So um, I was reading today, there's only two players in the championship that have made more fouls, that have committed more fouls than Atty this season, yet he's still to be booked. <laughs> really? And, yeah. And... But, I mean, to be fair, you only have to run near him and he's going to knock you over, isn't he? He's huge. Well, I was going to say, like, I think I think a lot of the fouls given against him are so unfair. They're uh, never tackles, are they? Yeah, they never, ever tackle. By him being bigger or stronger. And it's, it's like the guys are being punished now for being stronger do you know what i mean like it's weird i think that that there is a sort of death of the big man in in football now i think the the big players they they're just penalized for every little thing they do it's the same on on goalkeepers any touch on a goalkeeper and it's a foul no matter how sort of dangerous or i think you're right there i think you only have to look back five ten years and those fouls probably wouldn't have gone against a massive striker but the fact that he is so big for this league and he is and he doesn't look like a championship footballer because he's so massive yeah. And he does just, but he is skillful with everything as well. Don't get me wrong. And he scores some good goals and he makes some brilliant passes. But he is such a big guy that, he's you know, insane. like I said, five, ten years ago, it wouldn't have mattered. But now he's so different to the rest of his calibre. Yeah. So true that. I would imagine that half of those fouls were probably actually just 50-50s. But Agreed. He, he never gets any luck, does he? Poor, poor. Yeah, going up, for an header, going up for an header wins the header foul. Must be a foul. Have you I've never seen him put in a tackle. <laughs> Does he put in a tackle? I've never seen a striker's tackle from Ate, as far as I can remember, for the last 10, 15 matches. It is Not always to... someone runs into him and yeah. like falls over. He usually gets the ball, though, when he goes in for a tackle. He's pretty good at winning the ball back. Yeah, he is. He's, um, he, he's for, for a guy who is like, you know, seven foot tall, he's not what you expect, is he? He's not that great in the air and tends to lose quite a lot. Stick the ball at his feet and um, the guy's a magician, isn't he? He's great. Um, yeah. So elsewhere this week, um, there's been a lot of talk as well, a few rumours knocking around uh, about uh, contract talks being opened with Ross Wallace about a longer term deal with the club. Of course, he joined us uh, as a free agent last summer on just a one year deal. Um, so there's there's talk about him staying for a little bit longer um, and he's done pretty well for us this season, hasn't he? Would it, would it be good for him to stay? I'd keep so. him. I'd sign him up for couple of years tomorrow I think he puts in so much effort as I said the other week against Rotherham the team was terrible and he was bad but he still ran after every damn ball right up until he went off like right up until he left that pitch he was chasing everything and yeah he didn't have a good game nobody had a good game but he really really tried and I think that's you know it's not all we can ask of a player at the moment because we're too good to say that at the moment but he really he wants to do it. He wants to prove a point and he wants to be up there. So I would give him his contract. Why not? Yeah, I think so. Unless as well. he's on like eight grand a week. 
Yeah, yeah. Then, then we can then we can leave it. Um, no, I think I mean for for me to be honest, what, the games I saw from in 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 March when when I came back um, were were nowhere near as the games I've seen from him on TV. Um, he seems to be having a bit of a, a confidence dip at the minute. His, his crosses aren't what they were early in the season, um, and and I think that is he just comes down to maybe confidence, but. As a as a squad player, especially, I mean, he's as Vic says, he's got a he's got a great work ethic on him, and he he runs his bollocks off, and you, you know that even if he doesn't have a good game, he's going to put it in a shift for you, and and he's always going to be um, he's always going to be a threat, I suppose, from set pieces, um, whether it's corners, whether it's free kicks, he's he's always got the, he's got the ability there to to do something with it, and I think having players in a squad like that. Um, especially when they've got very good attitudes, can, can only help the team. As long as he's happy with the with the role that he's playing and, and working on the um, the rotational system that, that Carlos plays, I, I, I mean, I can't see any reason why they wouldn't want to keep him on. To be honest, there's a, there's an argument to say really that the majority of the the players who who form part of the the squad this season, we should be looking to keep. We want as as little change as possible, don't we, in the in the summer. Yeah. And I'm going on the worst case scenario here that that we don't get promoted to the to the Premier League and that we're lining up in the championship again next season. But you know, if we can have pretty much the same squad again um next season, that's that's what we want to be aiming for, isn't it? Consistency is key. Definitely. However, if we do go up, sack him off, get him messy. It's it's a win win, isn't it? Because uh, if we do go up and we've signed him up to a contract, we send him back to the championship on loan. They'll pay his wages. Everyone's happy. Yeah, he also has a bit of Premier League experience. To be fair, I mean, there is that as well. If we do go up, yeah, yeah we're true. doing him a bit of an injustice there, aren't we? I think he he's a very very good player. We've just as a team, we've had a bad few weeks, really. Um, even though you know we've won a few games and we we've kept a few clean sheets, we've not been playing at our best. Yeah, I think there's only so, I think there's yeah, only one it. or two players who've got more assisting in this year as well in the league. Go on, Joe. Give us your stats, Joe. I think no, I don't know offhand. Oh. I don't, I don't, I think he's got eight assists this season, and I think there's only I think the max anyone's got is like nine or ten. So, I mean, he's he's definitely pulling his weight and he's chipping in. So yeah, from from that point of view, I think like you say, I think we are doing a little bit of a, a disservice just because he's not been great over the last few games. And there was that goal at Fulham. I mean, that, that too, give him a contract for that. That goal yeah, for them. Sign is, him up for that alone. He's wor- <laughs> worthy of a contract just for that, isn't it? Definitely. And like you said, if we go up, we go up. And, you know, and like Joe said, he's got that ex- experience there that who's to say that he doesn't know next season if we were, God forbid, in the Premiership? <laughs> like, can I even say that? But if we were, he's been there, he's done that. And he can also tell a lot of the lads about that, even if he's in the rotation squad. But if he's not, like you said, keepers we are, you know, we're bloody good. And if it doesn't happen this season, it'll happen next. Or it better do, because I've already bought a season ticket. <laughs> Speaking of season tickets, uh, the... Dun, dun, dun. I don't even know what you call them now. These Officially, these are the first phase season ticket renewals for next season, although we've already had one phase, which was the special season ticket window super early phase so this is phase one early bird anyway basically is uh, one part two if uh yeah if you sit on the north then uh it would be 555 pounds for a season ticket in this phase one uh compared to 480 this time last season so we're talking a 75 pound increase 
uh, which, which is off, what? off the top two, of my head £2. is £2.50 a game is 15 and a bit percent um, not that I've sat and worked that out you know I am a maths genius I can do these things in my head uh, on the other hand phase 3 prices so when the the last season ticket uh, availability for the current season was 690 on the north so you would be saving 20% on the cost of phase 3 from last from this season are, you, are, are we all following this? Sort of. <laughs> so if the if there's a fifteen percent increase on that in phase three, it means that you could be talking about an eight hundred pound season ticket on the on the north. So basically, you want to buy now if you've not already. Are there going to be that many people that didn't buy them during the super early bird mega saver window? I don't think I so. Don't, given, well, given it was near Christmas, wasn't it? That's the main thing. It was near Christmas. Um, like I've said, I was very lucky that. Mummy and Daddy Wood stepped up and said, look, we'll pay for yours, you pay us off. Um, but a lot of people in the run-up to Christmas won't have been able to do that. So I wouldn't be surprised. But then again, you know, 70 quid over a year isn't actually that much if you haven't already done it. It's, you know, it's it's a bit of a beast. It's a couple of weekly shops or whatever, but it's not huge. Um, so I think there should definitely be quite a lot of people running down to the ticket office before this early bird or whatever it is, second early bird is out. It's going to cost me about 400 quid if I come back for the, uh, for the playoff final. So my, uh, it's nothing. My, <laughs> my, yeah, that's no. And is that, is that, is that your plan? Will you come back for it? If, uh, if there, we is, do, there is no chance if Wednesday gets to the playoff final this year, there is no chance in hell that I'm missing that game. <laughs> I've already said to my girlfriend, cause we've got another holiday planned and I'm like, look, I will make a plan. I'm I'm sorry. Like I know that we might have to scrimp a little bit on the next holiday. Food, but, <laughs> yeah, I, everything. Um, but the, I, I mean, the, I, I would never forgive myself. Well, Wednesday, it's like in my lifetime, in the 26 years I've been on this planet, I have seen us lift one trophy. There is no chance that I'm risking going another 25. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, there's no way I'm missing it. I mean, it'll literally probably be. If if Wednesday get to the final, I'll probably it's on a it's on a Saturday, isn't it? Or is it a Sunday? Um, I it's think it's a Saturday. Saturday now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah they've it moved Saturday. it. It used to be the Sunday. Yeah, well, if so, if it's on a Saturday, I'll probably fly in that Saturday, fly into London, leave South Africa on a Friday, land in London on a Saturday, uh, go to the game, go home, spend a couple of days in Sheffield, and then go back to South Africa. Uh, we'll be talking less than a week. Um, but there's no to way. To be I'm fair, just... it'll be a non-stop party. If if we get to the player final, whether we win, lose, or draw, we will all be dancing around in the streets. So nice. stay it's around a bank for a holiday on the Monday as well. It isn't is. It? it is. So we've got two days of either celebrating or commiserating to do. Yes. We've got to get from London <laughs> back to Sheffield somehow, but you know we'll worry about that at the time. I must admit, exactly. it did come up in the pub last match, didn't it, James? Last home match, shall we start booking hotels? And my mum actually mentioned it. And she is the woman that, when it came to the Cardiff playoffs, she wouldn't book it until we scored against Brentford at home that night. She would not book a hotel. The... And she is already saying, oh, shall I book a hotel? Shall, shall we sort something? Shall we book something? It's like, oh, oh, no. Do you no. know what, seriously? It's, it's a bit taboo, isn't it? There are loads of people really that have like done it. it. Really? Yeah, there's tons of people that have that have already done it. I've got quite a few friends that have already because you know nowadays when you book a hotel, you can cancel it up until like 24 hours before, and you yeah. don't get charged. 
Um, so this is good and bad because it means if you haven't booked one yet, then you've got you know every Brighton, every Hull, every Middlesbrough, uh, every Derby fan has all also reserved a hotel room, which they'll not be keeping because it's going to be us. Um, so there'll be loads that come up like a week before yeah. at bargain Get prices. Get yourself on Airbnb. That's the way to do it. That's true. I don't know what we're going to do yet. I think we might end up going to like Luton for a weekend or something. <laughs> just leave wow. it till the last minute. <laughs> we'll just sleep Watford. in the car. Let's all go to Watford. <laughs> I'll, I'll borrow my mate's camper van and we'll all stay in that. Yes. It'll be lovely and cosy. No. So when we have a car park, we can stop in. <laughs> I don't know if you want to do that around Wembley, to be honest. It's <laughs> very true. Oh, no. Jeeves, we're going to need some more equipment. Then you need to speak to Oddballs, a speciality. What the? Oddballs, a speciality dealing steel, food, and engineering equipment. Where is that voice coming from? We offer great deals on all types of equipment and can include dismantling, delivery, and erection anywhere in the world. Did he just say erection? We can also buy your surplus equipment or sell it on commission. With over 30 years' experience, let us achieve the best deal for you. Where can I find out more of Voice in the Sky? Go to www.bentoria.com. You heard him, folks. Jeeves, get a broom. Well, it's um, been a relatively quiet week at Hillsborough, but we have had one special visitor this week, uh, which if you've been watching um, Sky Sports, you may have seen his visit earlier this week, and this is... Uh, Mr. Jeff Stelling, uh, who is doing or has just finished his, um, sp- it's like a charity walk, isn't he? That uh, that he's doing. Yeah, he's um, doing for prostate cancer, isn't he? Yeah, and Hillsborough was one of his stops along the way on. I can't remember, was it Monday or Tuesday it or something? It was Thursday because I'd got half of the day booked off to go up and meet him, and then I had to work. Oh <laughs> no! I know, I know. Yeah, it was it was the Thursday before Good Friday. It's nice that he doesn't hold a grudge, isn't it? I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, poor old Jeff. No, but it's good that he um, that he popped along and, and saw us. Now, I did. I, I must admit, I didn't see any of the news coverage of it. I'm assuming that we got some nice publicity out of it and there was lots of footage and everything. Now, I have seen a photo of him at Bramall Lane with David Blunkett. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, David hold Blunkett... Hold on a minute, David. Yeah, he listens he... to this. What are you doing? Wednesday night through and through, former club <gasps> director. What's going on there? David Plunkett, family friend. Cast they just need a little now, bit David. of moral support in the lane at the minute, didn't they? Maybe that's true, actually. you know, Anyone that they can get down there, they're going to try and um, get them along. So Yeah, yeah he probably just it. couldn't make it to us. So he just said, oh, just, I'll, pop, I'll pop, pop to them. Sorry for him. True enough. Um so, did anyone watch the uh, the England games on, was it Saturday and Tuesday? No. No? Yeah, no. it's typical England, isn't it? We, well, I say typical England. It's actually typical English media. We beat Germany, and all of a sudden we're going to win the Euro. It's going to be easy. No one can get near us. Then we lose to Holland, and we're useless, and we're probably going to lose to Azerbaijan. Yeah. There's, there's no middle ground, is there? Absolutely. It was literally from one extreme to the other. The good thing, though... Um, and, you know, we, we, we adopt him when we want to. Uh, Wednesday fan, Jamie Vardy, you know, former Sheffield Wednesday Aww. Academy product, Jamie Vardy scoring, uh, well, scoring twice for England, scored in both games, didn't he? And had, um, you know, I think a, a relatively decent uh, couple of games for um, for England. So, you know, nice we could all be, all, all be quite proud of, um, of, of, you know, one of us. 
Well, I mean, to to be fair, if we're talking Sheffield, I mean that goal against uh, against Holland was uh, created by uh, created by a Blade and finished off by an owl. I mean, Carl Walker, Carl Walker set him up. So it's it's nice to see uh, see the Sheffield lads there. To be honest, obviously we had Kale as captain. It's it's I think it's great to see. I think it's uh, even though we haven't got a, a team up in the in the Premier League at the minute, it's nice to see some of our uh, products uh, doing well from. I think. Yeah, and let's not forget that Gary Cahill is a huge Wednesday fan as well. Like, absolutely ridiculous Wednesday fan. So, technically, we had two Wednesday fans on the pitch. Yeah. We we did. Uh, so, we had Cahill and, obviously, Jamie Vardy as well, who did score in both games. However, I don't think he had the most impact of any Wednesday fan um, associated with, particularly, <laughs> particularly the game at Wembley on Tuesday. Has anyone not seen the video yet of... Tango. I, w- I wanted to play it, but even realized, I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, realised actually the language in it is probably not suitable for a uh, family audience. Um, but it is, you know, it is Tango being Tango, isn't he? What a legend! He got so much stick for that as well, didn't he? From a lot of people that don't really know who he is or what he stands for. Um, but you know, he's he goes to every Wednesday game, home and away, and he goes to every England game at home and probably away as well. Um, and fair play to him you know he was trying to get the crowd going it's like a library there sometimes they weren't having none of it though were they no it was quite embarrassing wasn't it he might as well just slap someone around the face like he did the other week they were all desperately trying to avoid eye contact with him weren't they i did see a tweet from someone that was sat quite nearby who said that actually he kept everyone entertained all the way through the game and that video was just literally like a few minutes where no one was paying any attention to him. So, Can we um, get Tango on the podcast? How amazing would that be to get Tango he's a, on? He's a scouser, isn't he? No, he's a Brummie. He's no, from he's Wolverhampton. Brummie, yeah. Brummie. He's yeah, a Brummie. He's, he's yeah, he's a Brummie. Brummie. I have, um, I've bumped into him quite a few times at away games and, and stuff like that. And indeed, after a home game not that long ago, I was in the Rawson Spring afterwards and Tango was outside. And I was thinking... Oh, I might go and get a, an interview with Tango. And you know what? I was a bit scared. It's, like, it's, it's a bit starstruck, is isn't it? Proper legend. This is a guy Whereas, like, anyone else were like, David Garrido, come here, let's have a chat. Anyone else? But not not Tango. No way. Tango was I'm going to ask him. I'll ask him. Right. We'll, we'll, we'll do it. Between us, we'll track him down we'll get after him. a game. Well, on, yeah, we'll, we'll probably need we'll a couple of, couple of shots of vodka for Dutch Courage before we do it, but we'll have a, a drunken interview with uh, with Tango. Brilliant. Um, so a week ago, then, we were talking about possibly uh, Carl Lafferty coming in on, um, on loan. In the end, it didn't happen. He went to Birmingham. Um, fair to say no great loss? I don't think so. I don't think it's that big a deal. I think as long as we keep the players fit that we've got at the minute, I think we're we're more than more than set for for the running we've got now. I think the the strike force is doing what they need to do. I I, I mean, defensively we're we're keeping a, a few more clean sheets now. So yeah, I, I don't think that, that bringing in a Kyle Lafferty would have made like, like world, uh, the world of difference to us. I think I've been I think I, I, not just me. I think everyone's been been very impressed with how Gary Hooper's done. So I don't think there's any any real need to be honest. Agreed. I'd agree with that. I think, yeah, we don't need him. We don't need him. And with the antics off the pitch, nah. Right, I'm, I'm going to take you back a few weeks now um, to, I mentioned something from officially the worst website in the world. 
and they're at it again. So this is a website called Football League World. If you remember, they were the ones that put together this worst Wednesday 11 from the last five years. Oh, I was hoping it was going to be a Bolton review. No, 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 no. I'm sure sure that will rear its head again. But no, these are the people that put together the worst Wednesday 11, which actually contains some half-decent players. Um, This week, uh, in the last week, they have surpassed themselves because they've done... Um, a worst Sheffield Wednesday and Derby County combined eleven. Why? And, and a worst Sheffield Wednesday and Middlesbrough combined eleven as well. Obviously, um, big big page views in that kind of stuff, isn't there? A- a- ignoring the fact, the Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. You've got all your mates round. You've got your McNugget chair boxes coming down the left wing ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points back of the net. Lubosh. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more information. See you later. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.